Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the CC Radio Podcast. This episode of Believe is brought to you by the Paranormal Portal. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or watch their daily show on YouTube. We exist in the security and comfort of our worlds. Paved paths, lights, and manicured lawns give us peace of mind. That our world has been tamed, and we are its master. But other worlds exist on the edge of our sight. On the edge of our awareness, the shadows move and come alive. The wilds fill with the unblinking eyes of the nightmares our ancestors warned us about. Many have stumbled into these forgotten realms, some on purpose, but most completely by surprise. I'm Brent Thomas. Join us on the Paranormal Portal podcast, released three times weekly, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and join our journey into the amazing realm of paranormal phenomena, discussing ghosts, UFOs, Sasquatch, and cryptids, and so much more. Enter the Paranormal Portal, if you dare. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Amanda, and Amanda had an encounter with something in the bush in far north Queensland all the way back in 1990. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I am absolutely enthralled by your story because this is in my area. I, anything that happens in far north Queensland, it really it, it tickles me pink because it's it's starting to look like a little bit of a hot spot, and your story is absolutely chilling. Do you mind going back to the start of it and just running us through it? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, this was around 1990, and um, my husband and I were pretty, uh, even at that stage, we were pretty seasoned campers, so we'd go out in the middle of nowhere and just camp. So, we knew 
every animal noise there was. If there was something freaky, we could usually pinpoint what it was um, without any problems. But yeah, this um, night we <laughs> we went out to um, it's it's uh, about forty k's south of Innisfail or west of Innisfail, around that way. And it's at the Jordan Goldfield, so it's a really it's off the Palmerston Highway, so it's a really tricky place to get to. So we'd go there and uh, go hunting gems, um, garnets actually, um, and we'd stay up on this mountain and walk down to the uh, to the Jordan River and collect garnets. And it was an absolutely breathtakingly beautiful place, and it was right in the middle of the rainforest, um, and really really thick rainforest, so it was hard going down the track and coming back up again but um, I took my sister there she would have been only about 16 so we decided we were going to go camping there this night um, so we set up the, the campsite but the bush was really really thick so we had to drive the car in forward and um, it used to rain a lot there as well so we set up we tied all these tarps um, to the car and to the trees so we were all sort of like had our area all set up really nicely but we were the car was facing in and then we had all our uh, camping equipment behind the car so it was kind of we were kind of blocked in and my husband said oh, I'm going to go I'm going to go down to um, uh, get some have a look for some garnets and I'm like okay yeah I think we'll just stay here because that that walk was a pretty big walk to do a couple of times a day and my sister sort of uh, we decided that we were going to put some music on and um, because there's no one around for miles and miles. just nothing. It's just bush. If you have a look on Google and you look at the Jordan River that, that goes off the Johnson River, you'll see that it's just surrounded by thick, thick rainforest. Um, and, yeah, we decided to stay back at the campsite and um, have a bit of a fire there and put some music on and we were kind of singing really loudly and having a really good time. Um, but unbeknownst to us, uh, at the time, there is actually a borer ground about, it's uh, about 800 metres away from where we were camping. Um, and it's the chicken borer ground. Um, just really spiritual place to this, this place is in, in Palmerston. But we sort of got in the car. Um, as it was getting a little bit, it was getting on dust. So we jumped in the car and we're sort of listening to music in the car after that. And then we hear a knock at the window and it was my husband and his face was white. And he said, get out of the car, get out of the car. And I'm like, well, what's going on? You know, what's happening? So we get out of the car and we're standing there and he said, listen. And then we heard this scream and I kid you not, it was the most, it was the most blood-curdling thing that I'd ever heard in my life. It sounded like uh, someone was being chased with an axe, and they were they were dying. They were they were screaming for their life. And this was the time in 1990 we didn't have mobile phones, so you just couldn't ring up and say help. Um, we were in the middle of nowhere, and it was a guttural scream too. It was really, really it's, it's so hard to explain just really hard to explain this scream because it was something that I'd never heard um, before and it, you could hear this running through the bush. So we kind of all stood outside the car and our stomachs 
had dropped because we'd never heard anything like it before and we were wide-eyed and we stood there for about, I reckon it was a good 10 minutes and we kind of were contemplating on what we were going to do because is this, you know, is this going to be harmful for us or do we need to go and help somebody or... Um, but it just kept thrashing through the bush. And after the 15 minutes, I think we just made this instant decision altogether to jump in the back of the car, like just go for it. We all just ran into the back of the car. So if you could imagine these three people trying to bash their way into this car all together, um, it was a, a Hilux, the old yellow Hilux it was too. So it was only a two-seater at the front. So we had a mattress in the back and we just all dove in. And we all scrambled up the back of the car and we just sat there and we were like, what are we going to do now? Because this thing was running around us, around the bush. And we couldn't drive the car out because we put all the camping gear behind us and our nose was poked into the bush. And so we decided that we were just going to sit there and wait it out. But we sat there and it didn't go away. It was, we were there literally hours um, trying to be, get brave enough to get out of the car and it just kept going and going and going and going and it was yeah. screaming so, and running around the whole time was yeah. it wow yeah it had breaks um, every couple like you'd, you'd feel safe like it'd be a bit of a scream and then it'd stop and you'd, you'd be kind of waiting for the next one because if you moved or if it looked like you were going to get out of the car or it, it'd start again. So it kind of, yeah, really scared us, really, really scared us. We thought, we'd, this is it, we're going to die in the back of this pilot. Um, it's going to come and get us. So we were pretty terrified. Um, yeah, hours we stayed there. Were you far off it getting dark? It Getting dark, it was it was pitch black by the time oh, wow. you know, that we... Yeah, it was dark. Um, so it was on dusk when he come back from the river and we stood there for the 15 minutes and then it was dark and then, yeah, we decided to jump in the back of the car and not move. And we were trying to go to each other, get go out go out and untie the tarp so we can leave or, you know, to chuck. nobody would get out, nobody. Um, we were all too scared. So what happened then? I mean, did you did you build up the courage to kind of load up the ute and with all your camping gear or do you just reverse all over it? Well, yeah, we sort of argued. <laughs> we were all arguing about it. We were saying, come on. So my husband, get out of the car. You're the man. He's like, oh, I'm getting out. I'm not getting out there. We're like, no, but you're the man. You have to get out. And he's like, oh, no. I'm, saying, I'm not getting out of there. There's no way I'm getting out. Um, so it, it would have been, oh, I reckon, hours two or three hours and um, I said right that's it I'm getting out I'm getting I have to get out um, if it grabs me it grabs me but I can't I can't spend the rest of my night um, feeling like this um, I'm it's just too terrifying and I've jumped out of the car and uh, ran into the trees and it, you could hear it still you could hear it moving Um and I'm trying to untie it as fast as I can and, um, yeah, everyone gets out. And we started just throwing stuff in the back of the car. Um, all willingly, just throwing everything in the back of the car as fast as we could um, and untying all the tarps and putting all of them in. Um, but it, was, it wasn't it was like we were doing it 
uh, it was like we jump out, do one thing, and then jump back in again. <laughs> so it took us a really long time to pack up. So yeah, once we did pack up, once we did pack up, we um we all got in the car and um we drove we we drove out. It was such a relief to to leave. Um, but we drove out really slowly and just this strangest music come on the radio. Like it was. So weird. It was. I, I guess it was just one of those coincidences. Like I guess, but it was just really creepy music as we were driving out. So, but we we got away. <laughs> Nothing happened. But I think I don't know what it was. I can't. But I don't know if it was a yowie, um, a jungity. Um, I don't know if it was something. You know. I guess where we were, we weren't supposed to be. Um, it was warning us off, I feel, anyway. Um, the local legend there, I found out later, um, people wouldn't go there because of the hairy man. So, I, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, there, there is local legend about a hairy man up that way. Yeah, wow. This is, there's a, so much to break down in this encounter, Amanda. It's Firstly, it's terrifying, and it's amazing that you, you got out of this unscathed. I mean... Uh, maybe apart from, you know, uh, quite a terrifying story to get out of this the the way you did is obviously the best outcome. Most definitely. <laughs> like, I wasn't going to say <laughs> there was no way that I would have spent the night there. There was just no way. I mean, we, we'd gone there during the day and it was all fine other times. But, yeah, this one night, it was just crazy. It was just absolutely crazy. Now, I've researched and researched and researched this screen that I heard. I've gone through so many sounds and I can't find it. I've gone through all you know, all the recordings of Yarra sounds that they've had in Australia. I've gone through that and I can't find the exact screen. The only one that I came close enough to um, was a Sasquatch over in America that, that um, terrorised these people in a, in a caravan that they, or in a camper van that they were in. And they recorded the screams and they sounded um, a bit like that, like pretty much on par with that. That was the closest one I could get to. It's amazing. It's truly amazing, <laughs> Amanda. I'm, I'm almost a little bit speechless about um, everything here and I'm just trying to figure out what's the best way to go about this with you. But let's let's touch on something that a lot of people probably won't know is um, – the Bora Ground. So basically a Bora Ground. And, and this is the, to the best of my knowledge, it's basically a, um, like a, a, a sacred area where Aboriginal people would hold ceremonies or, or things like that. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So, um, it was, um, I guess you could say where a man would be, um, recognized in his tribe. I guess you would say that. Um, so that would be a sacred meeting place for, uh, all the, tribes around that area. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the Cass- the, the grounds there belong to the Cassowary tribes or parts of some of the Cassowary tribes around that area. Um, so yeah, it was it's very sacred land. Um, and we we have, you know, really great respect for sacred land. But unbeknownst to that at the time we didn't know that that Bora ground was there. We 
we had no idea. I wish I had have known now, but yeah. <laughs> and was that where you kind of set up your camp? Was basically on the Boragram? No, not on the Boragram. We were eight hundred meters away from it. Right. Okay. But that's 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 still pretty close because it's, yeah, too close for comfort. It wouldn't surprise me if this was a highly spiritual area. Yeah, most definitely is. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's called the Chukin Bora Ground, um, and yeah, it's it's um, very sacred ground. <laughs> no way that I would camp anywhere near one. Not being, you know, because it is, it is, a, it's also, you know, sacred men's ground as well. And in Aboriginal culture, it's, it's kind of told that, you know, the, the Aboriginals kind of used to live hand in hand with the, the Yowie. Um, you know, you know, depending on, on what kind of story you, you do believe with that. But do you think the, perhaps this Yowie or this creature was aware that you're so close to a Bora ground? Yes. Without a doubt in my mind. Whatever it was, we weren't supposed to be there. And we, it was my sister and I that were singing and and being really loud. And we disturbed whatever was there, I think. Um, we disturbed whatever was there. And we weren't supposed to be there. And do you think because um, you were women... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In this basically uh, a men's sacred area. Do you think that kind of added fuel to this fire? Absolutely, without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's happened to one of my friends before when she's um, accidentally gone onto men's sacred ground while she was gold detecting. And um, she didn't know at the time, but she heard this like voice saying, get out, get out, don't belong here, sort of in her head. And um, she got really, really sick and went back to the car. And she said to her husband, we've got to leave, we've got to leave, I'm not well. And as they were driving out, um, a stick actually got thrown into the car. And that stick come from nowhere, no bush, no nothing. So I believe in that. I believe that you shouldn't go anywhere you're not supposed to go at all. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At all. What was going through your head when this was all happening? I mean, were you, were you thinking, could this be a Yowie or was your mind so far away from that, that maybe that didn't even occur to you? Um, I think at first we thought it was somebody being chased and and hunted down because it sounded like it was being hunted. But then I think further on, uh, a couple of hours in, I think that we were the ones that were being hunted or chased out because of the sound. Like it was a real uh, sound that, yeah, you just don't want to be around that sound. You don't want to be anywhere near it when it happens. No. (laughs) You've got to run. It sounds like a, a sound that you would run from. So it was a warning, I think. And did you feel in danger? Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. That's why I thought we've got to get out of here because obviously um, we're not welcome. If we don't get out, there's no way I was going to spend the night there. I don't know what would have happened. I really don't. 
And I'm glad I never found out. <laughs> I'm so glad that we left. I just got the brave stuff and I'm going. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> do you do you ever wonder what it actually was? Do you ever have that morbid curiosity of I wish I just stuck around, I wish I got a glimpse of what this was? Or are you much better off knowing? I'm kind of well, I don't know. I'm kind of glad I didn't see what it was because if something had to come out of that bush and it was if it was really big, I think I would have just I don't know what I would have done. I think I would have died on the spot. I mean, that's how scared I was. If, if something really big sort of come out of the bush, I, yeah, I would have turned to jelly. I was already jelly, but I would have probably just melted into the ground. It was that scary. Um, I think, yeah, no. But I'm saying that um, I really want to go back there now. Uh, not overnight, but just to have a look around again. It's been a long time. Um, maybe not close to the Bora Ground, of course, but just <laughs> around that area. <laughs> Stay away from there. But I'm just close to that area and have a look again, you know, just to go out and have a bit of a search around because it's things like that, you know, have, you know, got memories of it and you think you just, you kind of want to go back and have another look, but not be, but you've got a mobile phone now, so you're cool, you're right. No one ever gets anything on a mobile phone anyway. It's, it's you know, kind of like that, the anti-Yowie <laughs> detector, isn't it? <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. And at least I could call a triple O now, you know, that if something like that happened, I couldn't back then. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And that would be quite an interesting phone call too to the authorities, I can imagine. So when you're, <laughs> when you're in the area there, you said that – um. You you were talking to I think you said locals or maybe indigenous people around the area and they said that the the hairy man is a common thing around that that kind of park. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, no, that's what I've heard that um, the people up there they don't they don't really the locals don't go there because there's hairy men there and I was like oh thanks for telling me now you know like we should have researched these back then no internet either. So pretty sad. We didn't really do our studies real good on that area. But we would go into places like this and um, go garnet hunting and precious gems and gold hunting. And we go to places that were, you know, way off the chart and, and way away from, from other people. And we always felt really safe until that happened. So after this encounter, did you stop going out into the bush for a while? Uh, only for a little while. We didn't, yeah, only for a little while, but um, I think I kind of, we kind of sort of went to a bit more populated places after that for a while, but we have been out. We did go back out again to some, some pretty interesting places after that. Well, you were telling me before we went on the air that you actually had uh, another terrifying encounter. Do you mind telling me about that one too? Yeah, that was interesting. That was a very, very strange encounter, that one. We were, my husband and I were driving up far north. We went right up far north to um, Hopevale and Laura. And we went to see, on the way to, we were going to stay at Old Laura Station. Um, we were going to have a look at Old Laura Station. But on the way there, we went to the rocks, the Gugalungi rocks, and um, climbed up and did the um, rock painting experience. And that was absolutely fantastic. And we ended up, driving to the old Laura station and getting out and saying, oh, this, you know, we'll, we'll camp here for the night because there's nobody around. It's in the middle of nowhere, 
man, this was a long time ago as well. So no phone, no nothing, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. Now you don't feel, <laughs> I feel a bit safer now with a phone. I don't know why. But when, um, when we were there, we were camped on the riverbed and it was, oh my gosh, it was absolutely beautiful. The bats were just thick and, and following up the, um, the riverbed and it was just a beautiful, beautiful experience. But there was a lot of pigs there and um, wild pigs well, everywhere. And my dogs, we had our dogs in and they were tough little uh, red healers. You know, nothing bothered them. They'd chase anything. They were crazy. And, um, you know, every time they smell a pig, they'd go running after it, silly thing. But um, they weren't scared of animals. So, you know, I, this is what I can't understand. They weren't scared of anything. Uh, we went to bed that night. We were actually um, in the same truck that we <laughs> had the other experience in. Uh, we were in the back of that, and the dogs were on the ground um, underneath the truck. And then our dogs just started whining, and just with their hackles up, and then they started barking, ferociously barking, and um, foaming at the mouth. And we woke up and I was I'm like, oh, it was dead silent apart from our dogs. There was nothing. You couldn't hear nothing at all. No crickets, nothing. It was just our dogs were just going right off just into nothing, into nowhere. And have you and ever seen them <laughs> act like that before? No, never. No, they were brave dogs. We don't, we don't know why they were going off. And, and it kind of sort of rocked us a little bit. We got up and... And I'm like, what the heck is going on? You just, we just had a really weird feeling that something was watching us. Um, and my husband got out of the truck and I said, don't leave me here. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't leave me here. But he got out and had a bit of a look and he's like, there's nothing out there. And I said, well, why are the dogs just going crazy? Um, we, we got back in the car and we lay down again and the dogs were just, they were just all night, they were like that, and they had us on edge all night, but we couldn't see anything. We couldn't, but you could feel it. Whatever it was out there, you could feel this this thing. Um, yeah, and that, that we, we can't explain that. We left the next morning, and we still were really creeped out about it. It was so strange. And we got about two k's out of the old, old uh, Laura homestead, and our truck broke down. Um, the steering damper broke off and we had no trouble with that truck until that was just really crazy so it was like a bad bad stuff sort of you know was was given to us because we were in we weren't supposed to be there and that's what I feel about that we weren't supposed to be there so um, we lived in Bowen at the time we drove back to Bowen and I told one of my indigenous friends that we were that we went camping at Old Laura and this had happened and she just stopped dead in her tracks. And she turned around and she said, never. I'm like, what? <laughs> what have I done? She goes, don't go there. And I said, why? And she goes, the Kodachi man there, you silly girl. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that might explain things then, you know, why our dogs were really crazy. And, and you know, and I'm like, well, I didn't really know if they still sort of roamed around or not. But, yeah, she, she kind of was really freaked out that we'd actually gone there. So what, so what did you know, she say was there? Godachi man. 
Are you able to tell me a little bit more about that? A Gadaiti man, medicine man, an Aboriginal medicine man. Right. He's the bone pointer. <laughs> he points the bone. So, um, yeah, so n- not good. So there's um, some bad energy but, there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess, you know, maybe we weren't supposed to be there. We weren't. Um, but, yeah, so you've got to be really careful, especially when you go to areas like that. Um, especially with sacred ground or, you know, places that, that nobody are. There's a lot, so many safe, so many places up there that you can't enter as well up Pinehurst. But well, you'd know, like further up from you, um, towards Putmore past Cooktown, there's a lot of reserves that you can't enter and you shouldn't enter. You have to get, well, I know that when we went to Bilgalunji, we had to get special permission, um, to actually go up and see the rock. Um, so there's a lot of places like that. So you, I don't, I really think that a lot of people don't realise how um, spiritual the land is or how sacred the land is and, and um, yeah, and, and what, what is really on there, well, there's, I guess. Well, there's thousands of years of history here. So it's, well, it doesn't yeah, 40, surprise me. Well, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it really doesn't surprise me that there's a lot of spiritual energy in these sacred places because, like you said, the Aboriginal culture is one of, if not the oldest culture on earth. It, it, it dates back to, like you said, 40,000 years plus. Exactly. And, and maybe longer. And yeah, possibly way longer. So. Yeah, that, that's um, my couple of stories that, um, yeah, that have really taught me to have a, a, a lot of respect for where you're going and, and how you treat things and, and to be really aware of your surroundings, um, I guess, yeah. Which is a lot easier in the modern day and age with the internet. <laughs> uh, it is with a mobile phone. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So, Amanda, I have to ask, what do you think a yaoi is? What do I think a yaoi is? Um, a big, a, a huge, um, hairy man. <laughs> um, yeah, a huge hairy man. Um, so, there, there are a couple of, a couple of them, um, identified. So, the yaoi's the, the big monster one, um, that, you know, has his own... It's so hard because our, our country is so big and there's so many hiding places and there's got to be something else out there. It has to be. You know, and, and with the legends and everything, that, that it just can't be legends. It has to be true. There's just too many experiences that, that people have had with this yowie. Oh, absolutely. I... Do not disagree with you at all. I think Australia is, well, it's one of the biggest continents on the world. Um, so much of it is unexplored by, you know, modern day, modern day man. And there is so many places for things to hide. So many places. Yes, so many, so many places. And then you have the, the little men. The community. So the, that they're... Um, where we lived in Bowen, we had, uh, well, I know that my brother-in-law was attacked by Gintity, the little men, the little hairy men. Um, not attacked, but they they kind of play tricks on you. So they were out on a, working on a pipeline somewhere, 
close to bone. I don't, I'm not sure where, but he tells the story that um, his feet were pulled out of bed, you know, like his feet were tugged, um, and they had little men running around the camp, and they were out in the middle of nowhere too. So, you know, there's all these these different types. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Oh, it really is, and they're known to be a pretty much a really, really cheeky little thing, which I think is great. Yeah, but I still wouldn't like one to touch my feet. No, no, not at all. I mean, if I had the choice <laughs> between the two of them, I know which one I'm going to take. But at the end of the day, I still wouldn't want either exactly. of them. <laughs> no, well, actually, the Jungity, they're pretty strong too. Like, you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of one of them. Um, one of my friends, he was saying to me, uh, we call him the Yowie, the big Yowie. Um, his name's Andrew. And he said, you know, I was telling you about my experience up in, um, up in Innisfil. And he said to me, uh, you should have just gone out and left some food on there, so because he's Aboriginal. And I'm like, mate, that thing would have starved because I wasn't getting out of the back of that truck for nothing. Okay, even if I had to fling food out, because he said, no, the gingerly, if you if you go out and you give them a bit of food, put a little bit of food on a tree stump, they'll leave you alone. I said, I don't think this was a little gingerly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is a big thing. Yeah, this one. Yeah, it sounded sounded like the one you had wasn't really uh, wasn't playing around, and uh, no, he wanted us out of there for sure, absolutely. And I think it's great that you stayed in the back of the Ute there, um, and and stayed safe with it. But um, Amanda, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your encounters. Those are absolutely fascinating and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe. And you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.